big softy. <laughs> he's gonna be. He's going to be. Do you ever like? You have like those little people you know that are super teddy bears and stuff, but you know, like you would never want to see them like come unglued. Oh yeah, that's Tony to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You I just, feel like just one everything's more. Everything's fine. Everything's gonna be chill. Yeah, just one more. If, fen- just one more fence post. That's if, all we need. Maybe one. Just or two. one more. Yeah. One more. If I'm, uh, yeah, I think we hit it. I'm ready to hit it hard tonight. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I had a day. I mean, it's already eight o'clock. I got a keto coffee. Mm-hmm. So keto I'm coffee. I'm I'm ready to hit it. I like keto coffee. That's what I got. What do you think of keto? What is your you want to talk about that later? Sure. We can talk about it right now. Keto is probably by far the most beneficial thing a person could do. Like, it's not like a... I don't adjust think, your camera a little bit, Liz. I don't think it's something that a person should do Perfect. long term. But if you want to make a life change as far as like get yourself on the right track, sure, you start consuming fat. I, Le- eliminate sugar and carbs and you start eating fat. Not crazy amounts of protein but fat like you start melting fat off your body like it fires up the whole like you're getting into your fat stores type of stuff and it burns well so like your brain works the best and Uh, so I did I did keto for I don't know six or seven months and I never felt better it's wild why did I stop that's the weirdest thing because why did I stop the energy that you are getting from fat it's way more pure. It, I don't know what I don't know. Keto- at least for me. I mean, everybody's different, but at least for me. Your brain functions better on ketones than it does on sugar. I'd be willing to challenge you with it was just an elimination diet that you were on. Could be. Could have been. But I did it for six but or I seven months, and it was great. The, I don't know enough about keto to prove or disprove. Well, anything. here's yeah. are we are we live? I had maybe. Hey, maybe. I figured. I, had, I, figured. I, I had a person challenge me and they said hey they thought I was eating less calories they thought I was eating you know less calories and that's why I was getting lean and body fat was going down but I ended up stepping it up and forced myself 4,000 calories a day same ratio though of macros it was 80% fat 15% protein and 5% carbs right mm-hmm. bumped it up a thousand calories I was shooting for 3,000 each day I bumped it up to four and in that week lost four pounds so added a thousand more per day for a week and lost four pounds in that week. It's crazy how the body works like that. Like you get it on a you're, system and it just it's just functioning. You're it's not just firing. The reason you can't do keto permanently is because your body should store fat because you want to be able to access it in the future when you need it, right? But when you're not consuming sugar, your body's not ever gonna be in fat storage mode. Sugars is what store fat. You know what I mean? Like they Insulin comes into the bloodstream, grabs the sugar, and then retreats to fat cells. Right. So you are, you know, harvest time, you grab your fruits and berries, you eat them all up, you get fat, and then in the winter, you might have less food, right? So then you, your body activates the fat stores and you use them. Sure. That's why it's, it can't be a permanent life change of doing keto. You would eventually, if you're not ever storing fat, you're going to get sick. Right. You need to sometimes store fat. So that's... It's essential. So what would your recommendation be? Like go on keto for six months off for a month back on or would it be, what would it be? It's like anything. Like there's times of like disclaimer, abundance. We are, we, disclaimer, we are not experts here. There, yeah. 
there's times of abundance, right? And like, I would say like just different seasons, right? Like, so you're, if you just did it around like wanting to have like a summer body, right? I would focus like, you know, let yourself go a little bit in the winter time or whatever and eat and relax a little bit. But then come spring, I would, you know, dial it in and then go in a non-abundant time. You know what I mean? And just basically shred up a little bit. But like I said, most people or whatever who are consuming a bunch of sugar and storing fat all the time never access the body's ability to turn on the, you know, fat usage mode. Food's too convenient these days, so no one gets into it. Yeah, no, I'm. I listen. I did it, and it was it was fantastic. I, that was a few years. ago. I can tell you, the major side effect that I would have is like Angie didn't even hardly want to be around me because of the smell of like my breath and yeah. skin. Yeah. I was em- I was em- emitting like a gaseous yeah. smell. It's oh like, yeah, I've heard that keto breath is a thing. Oh yeah, big time. It's like fasting too. Like if you fast for a certain amount of time or whatever, your breath gets really bad. It's just something about the byproduct. Of burning ketones. Hmm. What do you think there, Tony? You want to get some keto breath on? No. I'm all set. <laughs> I'm all set with keto. All right, so... Uh, Dude likes his carbs. Hey. All like, good. Like Liza. So, uh, so, <laughs> so, Saturday at 7, boys. We're back. Welcome. Episode 1. Saturday at 7. Pull up a chair. That's where we settled. I think we did good. Yeah, I we think so too. We need a logo, but it's uh, it's it, I don't know. It's invigorating to think that we uh, thought we'd record a certain amount of time, and here we are a few days later. Can't wait to get back in the dungeon, as we will call it for this this time being. Right. So what's up, Tony? You good? I'm good. Just you know. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me. One of those days today, but you know we all have those days. Life. And something to pull you out of it would be go hang out with a couple of your friends, have a couple of drinks. Amen. See where the night takes you, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. I was listening, re-listening to our <coughs> our episode zero, and I said it earlier, but it was so funny when Tony's like, "We got time for another one." I go, "Another what?" He goes, "Another one of these fence posts." <laughs> That I'm drinking. I'm uh, becoming accustomed to beer just in 16 ounce. That's it. I don't know. That's a stand. Twi- that's a standard serving size. Correct. Not have, what it is. Have you had wax wing? Yeah. My favorite. I want to say the first time I had one was over at your house. Really? Yeah. So good. Their limited availability kind of turned me off, though. I want to have to make a special drive to go get them. Yeah, I mean they're not sold in stores yet, but they should they're be. Good. The guy I think is probably one of the best brewers I've had beers from i mean his stouts are on point oh this is like a homebrew guy no no no. it's on gull road yeah oh but yeah he i don't know like he puts a list of the flavors that are on the beer so like if it says it has like nutmeg it has raspberry and it has vanilla like in this fruited sour you taste every one of those why do you think he chose that distribution model i don't think he did i think like it was just the start right like so when you start out you know what i mean just basically getting it out there right like because at the time like it was right before COVID I think you know what I mean and so then when COVID happened he had to basically go right away to putting an email out to people saying buy them and come pick them up at the door you right know but I mean? he's still he's still operating that way correct <laughs> well when you're selling like these 
beers at seven dollars a pop and i was going there you know weekly but buying eight <laughs> beers you know what i mean like that model's pretty good you know what i mean very little overhead i'm sure in a building at gold road too you know just the location so i mean i don't know like yeah, well, you were, and you were driving and you were driving all the way out there to get yeah. it yeah so you weren't the only one no that's what i'm saying i think i don't know i i would assume that everybody yeah. who starts a brewery is their long-term goal is to get in stores and so what's it called wax wing still still going yeah still there. I, I, can't I, Im- I can't imagine that overhead was too low i mean he had a commercial canning setup labeling setup you know if he's running all all by himself or with a limited staff that's a lot of man hours to go in do you recall so though like how long it took before like one well like one well was around a decent amount of time before they ended up in Meyer and other places Right, but this guy's yeah. not in Myers. No, I know. I don't think That's he's there. That's what I'm saying. It's been years. Not that long, though. Like, maybe four, three tops. He had, like, an issue, because when he opened it, he started it with, like, a partner. There was a falling out, and so I think that slowed th- some things up. We might need to edit this all out, though. I mean, we can't really dunk on someone's business model or business. What you talking about? Well, I mean, I don't think our audience is, like, stack, massive yet. Stack, stack, no. All, All news is good news. All I'm, pu- I'm saying all publicity is good publicity. Hey, so they say. I did say. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just. So they say. Hey, I did say that the guy is probably the best brewer. Around. Fair enough. And yeah. that's that's a lot. Yeah. To, that's a lot to say when you got yeah, one I, well and you got bells in town and he's brewing some great stuff. Yeah, so. you got good good we're stuff. Gonna, we're gonna find ourselves rolled up in a curb with this guy standing <laughs> over saying, "Keep my motherfucking name out your mouth." <laughs> oh, this, I don't know. This guy is Will Smith. Ask about be. his beer. He might be. Well, he slide, might be. I don't know him. I've never even I've problem. never even heard of the place. But but you guys talking about it makes me want to try it. So hopefully I'm in the majority. And he just talking about it gets me on. And he uh, I want to get back to drinking. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> Every episode, Nick's like, man, I really love beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot, shoot. What's on the agenda for tonight, Doc? I don't know, man. So I don't know. Over there. Um. I got a few things um, that I wrote down just because a conversation I had about I. I talked to my buddy uh, Q the other day, and uh, both our sons play basketball. His son is a varsity basketball player. Was playing against my my son's team yesterday, so we watched the JV game. Watched my son. Watched the varsity game. Watched his son. But we went we went out before just to just to catch up. Known Q since I was seven, and. Uh, <coughs> is that is that the queue I probably know uh, friends with Ray and oh hundred percent that yeah. that same queue yeah he's dude he's he'll 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 come on here I golfed I golfed with him one time his first time I met him but he, was, he was a cool dude he's hilarious he's just, dude his daughter <sighs> dude she's unbelievable at golf she's yeah. the sweetest girl you'll ever meet in your life How old she's is she? she's I think she's a sixth grader oh my goodness so she's oh. That's crazy because I found yeah. out that day. I found out that day golfing with Q, that his wife was a supervisor who worked for me. Um, Allison. Yeah, it, it, her dad is Jim Emery, and he was a supervisor that worked for me. Really? At Western, he was showing me videos of his granddaughter swinging a club, and I was like, "That's something, bro, dude. It's <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible." We were talking, so we were talking about like that. Like she's she's on track to do some things. And his son's a senior, and we were talking about we were talking about college, and you know, Tony, you're you're a young daughter. I've got I've got kids. You got young kids, and you think about the like what's happening in the landscape of 
of education these days. So we we just got kind of talking about the track of college and what what's right, what's not right. Like when do you have to go? What do you have to do? When where, where's the value of that these days? Because it's kind of up in the air. And you talk to anybody, and you're like, well, you can go on YouTube and learn business or real estate or do this or do that, or you can get into insurance. And everybody has a different opinion about it. Not saying mine is right or wrong than yours, but it's it's crazy to think about. And our kids, more than your kids, are closer to that age. And I've got a daughter who wants to be a doctor. And I'm telling you right now, that's what her mind says. That's what she's going to do. That's just how she operates. And that's the thing you probably need a little schooling on, right? You can't For just sure. show up and be a doctor. It's funny you say that's how she operates, be a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have she a, doesn't want to be a surgeon, which is kind of crazy too. I actually have like a pretty strong opinion on it. Angie and I differ a ton on it because yeah. I was telling her I don't want my kids to go to college if they don't want to, and mm-hmm. she wants to encourage them to go to college. And I'm like, things have changed. Like, y- you go to college, I suppose, if you want some life experiences and to have some fun. But learning is free now. You can learn anywhere. You know, what I mean, it's on the internet. Like, you can learn on YouTube. You can learn finding a job, doing something at any company, yeah. and work your way up. And chances are, if you show your value, they're going to continue to promote you. Yeah. So I don't think that – I even heard Elon Musk say it the other day. Like, it's – he doesn't care about that. You yeah. know what I mean? And he's, like, creating these, you know, big companies and stuff or whatever. And it's like, come prove to me or whatever that you're worth something. We'll I don't care you. if you graduated yeah. from a college. But yeah. I mean, I think there's value, but I, I just think it got – it's – gotten out of control the price the price that these kids are paying versus a kid who wants to go be a plumber or an electrician or go into a trade like they can come out and if they start putting money away at 18 and they're out of high school and they could they could not ever make as much as the kid who makes more than them out of college but with with what they already started with the four-year head start yeah the people with i mean student loan debt aren't going to catch up probably ever like yeah. if you're talking about like yeah. a 60 to a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt and then you busted out of high school and yeah. you started with a forty thousand dollar a year job two years later you're at 50 you know next thing you know you're making six figures like right around the time when these guys are maybe halfway done paying that debt off right and, it, so and the funny thing is is now that and they talk about all this student loan forgiveness why right why is it because it was overvalued and the and yeah, you can pay it back, but it puts you behind the eight ball. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but it's 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 a discussion that is a topic of conversation in a lot of circles. It's forgiveness because they know it's unvaluable. You don't forgive something that's valuable. If people were going and graduating and using these degrees and getting the money back, right, no one would be complaining. They'd have great jobs and they'd be paying it back. I think it's simpler than that. Like, ho- who holds the note? The federal government does that. I mean, for the most part. Is that, is that the case? I, I don't I, I'm know. pretty sure. I, don't know. I didn't Col- have any debt. Colleges are paid. Colleges are paid. Professors are paid. Yeah. I think it's, I think when they talk about, you know, forgiving <coughs> the debt, it's the, it's the government that's forgiving it because they had the, you know, special programs or I forget what they're all called, but that's where the majority, I think, of the money is given out. They, yeah. al- they almost like, they talk like, People were scammed into filling out this paperwork to take out these loans. No, right, they signed them to yeah. the contract. So, but uh, 
the the conversation we had is, you know, we've got our sons are similar. They're kind of like most kids, probably similar to us, where they just they're not we're not sure what they're gonna do, you know, which is which is totally fine when you're sixteen or fifteen or sixteen, seventeen years old, eighteen years old. But so many of these kids go to go to school and sign up for whatever, and they're paying all this money, and they have no idea what they're going to go into. But yet, they're, there's twenty thousand dollars a year tagged to. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just hanging out. Like, I'm not saying those years aren't valuable socially. They are, but it just seems crazy to me the value that it is. And I think colleges are. That's why you see so many campuses building. I think they're building infrastructure to bring in more revenue that's outside of tuition. I mean, Western's doing it right now. That's their plan. It's a smart plan. It's not. It's a good business model. You have to not only attract students, but you got you need to generate revenue out of them, not just tuition and room and board. Because I, I think they know there's going to be less of them, at least in this cycle. What, per- what percentage of people are kids 18 to 22 years old actually go to college to go to classes you know what i mean i'm saying like enjoy them like like uh like i think the majority of the people are doing it for the piece of paper like most of the kids who are signing up for classes dread it like they hate going to class i just feel like there's very few people who like get geeked up about you know going and sitting through lectures it to me it was like the impression i got because i went back to school and went to western as an adult and was a 4.0 setting the curve you know what I mean but I wasn't even trying that hard the mentality of all of those kids were like wake up from partying the night before or whatever show up C's get degrees like I'd have group projects I'd have to show up on campus for and kids like half the time wouldn't show up be a group of five and be me and one other person you know and they hated every minute of it it was just I never ran into anybody there Except, like, you'd see a few of these, like, select people or whatever who were, like, extremely gifted, like, sales and business marketing kids or whatever who were, like, in competitions and stuff. Like, you could tell they were into it. Do you think they had the same perspective as you did? As far as the... Why you were there. Well, like I said, for me, being older, and I didn't have drinking and chicks on my mind the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, when I was that age, though, that was how I was. Do you think you had yeah. a value, like a larger or a higher value for what your time meant? 100%. I mean, and that's the thing. Like I said, the fact that I still didn't like it either and was giving 60% and getting a 4.0. Like, I took a, a test one time and I got every single question on a 50 question multiple choice right. The next person, the professor told me or whatever, got like 38 or 39 right. The next in the entire class. And he said it to the whole class. He's like, I normally do like a curve or whatever, but we have one person who got it perfect. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And I seriously, I said, I don't know how they didn't get it right. Like, if you read the four chapters and you read the little footings on the side, questions one through 50 came from like the 50 like bold letters. I didn't read the entire four chapters. I read through the bold letters. It was like... Got them right. And like... I was the only one that figured that out. I kept taking tests or whatever. And were you yeah. taking a full course load, or were you did you have like that a hybrid course load? That would be the difference. So like I was taking each semester, I took two. Okay. And like I said, they were like longer, you know, 
like a few of them were like the Tuesday Thursday class for an hour and fifteen minutes. But the majority of them were like a six to nine. Sure, in not, the evening. Not to sell you short. I mean, you no. still had a professional job. You mm-hmm. still you had other things going. Yeah, on. I mean, trust me, I I thought that too. You know, and I was thinking to myself like, this isn't. Most people, students there are taking twelve to fifteen credits. I'm taking six. Right. So I mean, I get it. Like, it wasn't a full load, but I'm given. You know what I mean? Like we're still busy. I'm giving attention to all of that, and I'm saying they were just giving very little to probably all of theirs too. You know. Did you have Riker Quinn at the time? I think I graduated with my business degree in 2013. Quinn would have been like maybe just at one. Dude, that's a busy time. I yeah. think your kids are real young. You know, it I mean, was you're, you're hands on a lot. I think a lot more. Yeah, that end, the end, the very end of the program to graduate. I remember it being pretty stressful because we did have, you know, I had all of 2012, and Quinn was born in April of 2012, and I graduated April of 2013. So it was like her first year, you know, which probably saved me, you know, from the struggles of watching a little kid, Andrew, like let me take care of classes and why, stuff like that. Why did I not piece this together until sure. now that Abe and Quinn are the same age? I tell you that all the time when they should be hanging out. Just job wing. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I need to take a second here and apologize. Th- there's sometimes. No, I'm not going to disappoint you. Like, it, my mind is just somewhere else. Like, you what? might be engaged with me in a conversation, and I might be also. But my retention might not be there. Anytime Ava's ever been over, like, her and Quinn get along great, I think. I think so. But I asked her, like, do you have her? Bring her over. Like, yeah. let's get them together. There's, but this new, this new schedule with work, with being out of town, that sort of thing, time can go fleeting almost every day. And it's, the evenings are so, so much more compressed, even though it's just an hour, at most two hours different from where it would be if I was working, you know, still up in Kalamazoo. It just seems like it, the day is so much shorter. You know, you pack two hours of road time, you know, one hour there, one hour back every day. It's weird how it how it changes your perspective, how you see the day. The day seems... Are they going fast? It depends. I would love that drive. The, well, <coughs> I mean, just for, like, I'd listen getting, to Rogan. It's getting easier, and it seems... You know, I don't know if you guys have, have felt this way about when you repeatedly make the same drive, it seems to get shorter. Yeah. Right? It like, becomes... Oh, it's like muscle memory, right? Right. Um, so that's that's getting better. I remember the, the first week driving up there and driving back, Grand Rapids is almost feel like I'm going up north. You know what I mean? <laughs> but now it's like by the time by the time I hit like Martin, it's like, oh man, I'm only twenty five minutes away. By the time I hit Gun Lake, it's like, oh that's you know yeah, I need there. to start packing it up, you know, mentally getting get focused. Focus, good. You know, get into it. And by the time I hit the door, you know. Um, if I don't have Ava, you know, I'm I'm up there by six but when I do have her it's like right at seven seven fifteen so not only do you I mean you're almost getting shotgunned into the day because there's already contractors ready to roll the the work day has already started I mean it starts promptly at 7 a.m. yeah they start early right those guys are getting there at 6 30 rallying doing their huddles and all that stuff right so you you know you'll get into the office um, you know plug your laptop in to the hub, put your password in. It's like, oh, I got a meeting in 15 minutes. You know, with a client. You know, going over something maybe with a design team. It's like, 
zero to a thousand. Yeah. You know, while while you got a coffee cup waiting in the Keurig machine, waiting to pour your first cup of coffee. Oh, you need to you need to get one before you leave. Mm-mm. So I've been doing this thing to where. Um, I had taking the word he, taking Huberman's uh, advice. Yeah, I had the word for it the other day, but I I lost it. It's not coming. To I right can't now. remember what it was either. I know what you're talking about. You but like give it 45 minutes. I, I give it 90 two, minutes. I give it two hours. Is it 90? Right, so I'll it. like if if I don't have Ava, I get up at four, leave by five, and then at six. And it's just water. It's usually twenty eight to thirty two ounces of water on the drive out. Catch nice. up on podcasts, that sort of thing. Nice. You listen to you listen to episode zero? More than once. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's the, the hero. The crippling addiction to see like views. And stuff like that aggregate on your podcast and on your YouTube videos. Oh, I haven't even looked yet. It's tough. I, I think we're over 50 views on YouTube. Problem is, I, think I, I don't know. If you, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys. So we all have the. I have not watched it. We once all have I, the. I have log, not watched it once on YouTube. We all have the login information, password stuff, so we can all link in. But if you go on YouTube, you can. I was telling Nick this before you got here. You can look at all the analytics for who's watched, how long they've watched, how long it was before they clicked off. Is it like twenty seconds? How long they were engaged? It's not. Uh, That's disappointing. I would be sad <laughs> if someone like gave it twenty seconds. They're like these jokers. Hey, that, hey, does, let's, hey let's twenty just, seconds is better than five. Let's just say if we maybe this it, week we get to thirty. Let's just say if we based on the percentage that was watched, we wouldn't be doing episode one. We would have stopped at episode zero. Been like, all right, there's. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's better, if we're if that's the end goal, that would have been the better <laughs> way. There's better ways we could spend an hour and a half to two hours every Wednesday. But fortunately, that's not our goal. This is a labor of love, if you ask me. Yeah, we're, we're, we're recording our conversations that we would normally have so that we have them. Our children have them. Maybe somebody benefits, maybe not. I told Nick I hope we, we get absolutely care. shit on in the comment section. What's that? I said I told Nick I hope we get absolutely shit on in the comment section. Okay. Yeah, I'm I, ready for that. I work the best out of criticism. You know, I play, I play the long game when it comes to criticism. People who are like, you know what, this does, you know, you're ridiculous for doing this. You're gonna fail at this. That to me is some of the the best motivation <coughs> I can ever get. So so let's go there for a second. So how how many people have you told that we're doing this? Three. Three, maybe. Yeah, I got. I mean, like I said, my mom knew, right? Because she was here watching the kids sure. when we did the first one. Sure. Um, I sent it off to Dave Molnar. You did, right? Because yeah. I figured, you know, he's got you know time like working out, oh so yeah. he could check it out it. and give some feedback. Sure. Um, Kevin, Adrian, the guy at work. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, I'm not telling a ton of people, but sure. You know, I just. I gotta pull a Rogan. Oh, break time. You gonna you gonna pause or keep so, it going? No, we'll go. All right. So. Anyways, the, the, I wasn't like, Angie had asked me too. She's like, are you going to, you know, post this up? And then the things I was doing, you know, and I'm like, I want to like get more of these out first before I start spitting out those short parts of it or whatever. Just because I, I I agree with that. I just, I didn't want to, I wanted to have a bunch to be able to like play around with it or whatever, especially like the way Tony was preaching and stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, he was, he was fire. So, you know, I just, the whole idea of failing in any way, it's like 
it's kind of sad that we couldn't put a goal out there so that we would perform better or we would really try. Yeah. But it's not even in my head to succeed or not. Like, we're doing exactly I, what we want to do I, I agree regardless. Exactly. Th- so, like... Agreed. We can't fail. My, my goal is to be able to capture these, record them, be able to listen to them back for my own benefit, right? Yeah. Because all I want to do is regurgitate the things I'm thinking and the things I'm hearing you guys say mm-hmm. just to gain more conviction on them, right? Sure. And I, and I just, like I said before when we were sitting there at breakfast, like there were so many times where we had great conversation that I was just sitting the next week or whatever thinking like, what was that again that Todd said or what was that that Tony said? And then it just, you know. Yeah. Now, now we're spending this time, which, you know, we would do anyway. Like we would say like, hey, should we get together tonight? Yeah. And what are we going to do? We're going to bullshit. And exactly, so, and so now we're just we're doing the same thing in a room. We're we're, we're just we're recording. Yeah, we're broing out a little bit, but we but we talk about real stuff, which is cool. And we're you know we'll get into surface level. We said that in episode zero. Like we 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 run the gamut, but there's there's a I don't even know how to put it. There's a deeper connection because. Like you said, you want to go back and regurgitate and listen to what was said because it challenges you. Some things that somebody says challenge you, or, or it's just something that you're like, "Whoa, I didn't think about it that way." Well, let me let me try that. Let me, th- and that's why so many people consume so many podcasts is because they're trying to hear something that they can take with them. Well, and, and also, I, like I said, it makes you like if you are hearing somebody that thinks like you do, right? you know you're not alone too, right? In, in terms For of sure. like, it's like For sure. when I, that's why I love the wide variety of people that Rogan has on there. Cause yeah. I've like taken that and gone down other rabbit holes based on what certain people have said on there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I was like, wow, like I didn't think of it that way. Sure. Well, and I, I and honestly I started this question with who have we told? I've told several people. I don't, I don't know. I'm probably five, 10, maybe a dozen people. And honestly, you'd think that people are like, what do you, like, there are some people that are like, what do you, like, who, who do you think you are? You think you're Joe Rogan? You think you're, no, we don't think we're Joe Rogan. We don't think we're, we're Huberman. We don't think we're, you know, Ed Milet. We don't think we're those guys. <laughs> Tony, bull in a china shop, rolling in. I, I would be, I think and, I'd, I'd be lying, I think, though, if I said that, like, I didn't care as much as the, like, if for some reason, like, people do enjoy it like i would get a kick out of that i think it's absolutely right absolutely but like so there are people that you know do detract from what you think is you know you're like oh i'm excited about this and somebody "Ah," you know they they poo poo on it a little bit but for us we can't fail so that doesn't that's just like no big deal to us because we don't it doesn't we're just going to have these conversations anyway so why not record them and and but the overwhelming majority of people that I've talked about that are like, I'm like I'm starting a podcast what are you doing what's the name of it and I tell, I tell them the name and they're like that's they're like that is freaking cool yeah that is awesome like you guys are like I, I that's should awesome say. I'm like we got the equipment we're we're doing it and regardless of whether people listen I I agree with you Nick I think that there are a lot of people that will hear what we're talking about and relate to it in some way and take a tidbit from it and go, I love these guys. And there's going to be people that it's not their cup of tea. Like you said, that's though, okay. We, we at breakfast, we're talking about health. We're talking about faith. 
We're talking about friendship. We're yeah. talking about goals. Like, that's right up everybody's alley, right? And so, like, yeah. if, if if people, you know what I mean, like, don't relate to that in some way, I would be really surprised. But, again, like you said, we can't fail. Like, we have really nothing to lose. We're a couple guys that are friends that have other jobs, right? Like, we're productive. We do other stuff. And this is, like, a side thing that's fun. Well, this relates back to our last podcast when we well, talked about what, what are we going to look at success as. You know, what does success look like for us for sure. as it relates to this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, that, yeah, I mean, that's... fail when the, the goal is to just sit here and hang out. No. We fail when we don't show up. Oh, that is deal? so it. Yeah, that is so... <laughs> that is so it. <laughs> But the but that that's true though. The difference is we have some headphones, microphones, cameras in front of us, just in case. Just in case, Nick says something wild that people are like, you know what? That's cool. Todd says something wild. That's somebody says something or a conversation sparks something in somebody to help them grow, because all we're doing is having conversations that gain perspective, knowledge. We learn. What did you say earlier? You can learn anything. You don't. Like you go on the internet, it's free. But I think that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things I gain from our conversations. I learn. Like, I don't know anything about crypto, but when you start talking about it, I'm like, dude, I should be, like, maybe I should, maybe I should try that. Maybe I shouldn't, but maybe I should. Like, it's intriguing, regardless of whether I decide it's a gonna, going to be a hobby or a lifestyle. It's, hey, all right, cool. I learned something about Nick. Yeah. So. Anyway, did y'all see LeBron last night? I didn't. In fact, I just talked to Brady when I was just here. Oh, you did? He's he's home. I don't know if that's good. Um, High on life right now. He had a good game last did night. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch LeBron speak scoring record last night? No. He and didn't watch it. He this watched morning, highlights this morning. This morning, um, I just caught the social media commentary for it, and they show a picture of LeBron's shot that beat the record, and it's a sea of smartphones. Side by side to the picture of Jordan's shot that beat the scoring record. Jordan didn't beat the scoring record. No, he didn't. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And he beat it. Obviously, phones weren't. There was no phones. Oh, no. absolutely not. His record stood for almost 40 years. But it makes me think about what it means to enjoy it. From my perspective, I'd rather see it. I know there's going to be cameras that are. That already captured it. That'll be way better than what my camera, my, my cell phone camera could, could be. So I'd rather sit there and enjoy the moment as it happens. Mm-hmm. But you're lost in a sea of everyone else. Like, I, I got to get a picture of this to prove that I was there. Yeah. So it leads me to believe that we've come to find ourselves in a place where I can't tell you I was there. I have to show you I was there. You're not going to trust me the, to say it? The, this is why this podcast is amazing. Because I asked if anybody saw that LeBron broke the scoring record. And we're talking about real like you're getting into some awesome stuff. Well, I think about what I think a lot of culture. I'm guilty of exactly what you're saying though. That's what sucks. For I sure. do it all the time. I go to a this Morgan Wallen awesome. concert and I've got my phone I'm out the whole time. <laughs> I think it, yeah, I'm commending you because that's the, that's awesome. I think it speaks to the type of people we are though. I mean, these are the things that are happening. In our minds, when they when it happened, I have a different perspective. I have a different hierarchy of thought that I go through. 
the things that that bother me that perturb me that I enjoy so that's how I process what's going on around me different for Nick different for Todd you know we have similarities mm-hmm. I think that's what helps pull us all together but just that perspective the lens you look at life through is unique to every individual you know whether it's based on life experiences how you how you're taught how you were raised the company you keep yeah but let's let's go back to what you said about how many cam how many people like i gotta i gotta take a picture of this so i can prove that i was there and show people i was here where do you where do you think that stems from because People, I mean, cameras have been around forever, so people always took photos. But that's changed, right? Yeah. Nick, now it's everywhere. Nick, what do you think? Because I have a very concrete belief on and how I, I look at well, things. And, and I do love, I do, uh, I'm going to say it one, just one more time. I love that we asked a question about LeBron James and all time achievement. And 30 seconds later, we're talking about how culture is about where they're at and how they record it rather than maybe experiencing it and being present in the moment. Well, like you were saying, anybody can go back and like look at the highlights. Why would you even leave your phone out to do that unless obviously we're so geeked up on like posting things, right? So every individual has to has to get capture it so that they can put it on their Facebook or their reel or whatever it is, right? So yeah. so you had mentioned that people have had cameras and all that stuff for a long time, but really at this level with the the quality of video that you can take with a cell phone now, that has only been around since like 2009-10. Sure. So, yep. you know what I mean? Like Yeah, but that's still over a decade ago. Well, and look, but it's look only getting better, right? And the quality, I mean, yeah, in terms of what you're getting is just is huge, but I yeah. think that it's wild to think that like that's the only thing that it's for. I mean, if Angie's taking the video next to me, why do I need to take it too? She could just send it to me later. Do you think that detracts from you looking at right. Angie and being like, "Can you believe we're sitting here?" And reflecting on the road that you went down to where you two were sitting there watching that game, because now it's like, yeah, hold on a second, I gotta get this good shot. I when hate you it. could sit there, and you, <laughs> can, you can I see it through your own eyes and look at yeah. maybe somebody who's special to you uh, and be like, this needs, listen, this is bananas. That's yeah. why I'm glad we're talking about this right now, though, because the next time that I'm sitting somewhere where I want to pull my phone out of my pocket to catch something, I'm gonna think, remember when I was talking to Tony and Todd, exactly. you know, on our podcast, like. I'm not going to pull it out. I'm like, I'm going to remember that I want to enjoy this for what it is. Yeah, be present so, in the moment, not try to relive it 30 seconds later, a minute well, later. Well, I know I'll be able to go online and later. watch everybody's story and see right, exactly like, what I, w- I saw. I was there, exactly. And and I'm. it's funny because when, like, it, like, I always think it's weird. I've always felt like everybody's had a smartphone. You get a group of people together. You're taking pictures with kids. This just happened. Our kids had winter formal. So they all line up. And everybody walks up with their phone. And I'm like, you just need one. I don't need to take a picture. We all got pretty good phones. Like, just send it to me. I didn't take a picture. I took zero. I mean, maybe I took one, if if, if anything, because I handed it to somebody to take of me and my wife and my kid. But it wasn't – I didn't – there's 13 people lined up to take a picture. Because it had to be, and then the kid, you know, and then everybody's like, "Which phone? Which camera are they looking at?" It's like, well, just somebody take one, one little, make sure they're decent, and send them out to the group. You're all standing there. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not shitting on pictures. Right. 
By any means. Pictures are great. I mean, no, I they are. You're talking I about moments where you're wasting the moment. I enjoy opening my phone up, seeing a great picture of my daughter. I enjoy lock screen or home screen. You know, I love sharing those with my parents because there's times where they don't, you know, they don't see that every day. For sure. My daughter. But to me, it's, I'm almost greedy with memories. And there's some that I want to keep in the context of how I remembered it. I can tell somebody about it. Mm-hmm. Well, how was your trip? Oh, it was great. You know, I had a good time. We went and did this and that. Well, you got any pictures? No. Well, that sucks. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It changed that experience zero for me. In fact, it didn't. I, I can safely say that that experience I had was unimpacted by me thinking that needed it is going to improve the time I had by seeing someone else's face's reaction to what, what I did. Sure. I looked at it as I'm 100%. This is this is mine. Sure. You know, you have those candid moments with with your kids and some conversations that you know sorry, there was energy that you don't want to I mean, you don't want to you don't want to share them with anybody else. You know, I don't I don't feel like yeah. I, I want to expose that level. Yeah. You're just fully present. I right? won't even say that. I it's hard to be I, fully present, I, I hate but you that are. Term of present, be present. I love that. I think it's like you have I to. I think it's like you're, like you're pulling your mind in. Like I gotta be present. No, and I, I get I, it. I think we all are. At, at times, you have to pull yourself into it, but I think it's because of there's a crutch. Of wait a minute, I can just take a picture. I can. I can take a picture and have this oh. in perpetuity. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying without the photo, like without pulling the camera out, like. You want to just be present in that moment, but without you're, it's gonna imprint in your memory because you're just making a memory. Yeah, because most that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying let's let's be oh we're present, so let's take a picture. I'm 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 agree. I think I'm agreeing with you. Maybe we're disagreeing. We are, but what I'm saying is being conscious of being present. I th- yes, I think that's that's us trying to walk back some evolution that's happened with the convenience that we. For sure, that we've come to, to to grow accustomed to. But what, like right now, I think we're I think we're all pretty. When we sit down at breakfast, Saturday seven, I think we're all pretty present. It doesn't matter if we come in there from tying one on the night before, or we just we're all bright eyed and bushy tailed ready to go. But being present, we don't ever, we're not, we have not once ever taken a picture. No. You know, I wouldn't say that a picture means you're not present. Right. No, I'm not saying either that either. Though, but I think it's kind of like the mindset, though. So, like, just an analogy that I was just thinking of is, like, you're a parent who's trying to capture on video your child's first steps, right? And you're more concerned and more in tune with the idea that, like, you have to capture this on your phone versus being the parent who's got their arms out trying to get the kid to walk to you. You know what I mean? Like that type of present. What like w- for the action that's happening. What I would want to ask is how many times really do you go back to show that picture? Oh, exactly. That's right. yeah. And would Never. that be right. is that negatively impacting you being able to genuinely tell that story and how that person's reaction of seeing a picture versus that person's reaction to you just really telling that story from right here. 
other than look at look at this or they're like hey so i was watching look the you know the the setting of the room the reactions on you know people's faces for whatever moment you were trying to capture can you get yourself to a point where you know you're you're good enough at observation enjoying moments that you can paint that picture in someone's mind and it's like they were looking at a photograph i think that is a um a more of a concrete memory than just saying and like i said i'm not trying to shit on pictures and i'm not trying to no not at all pictures are great but being able to just have that man you're you're summoning emotion out of somebody by how you you know recant a story or a setting or a time it's different right when i think when you're talking with somebody and you're telling a story or you're 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 recalling a memory that's that's important to you and you're you're telling that story it's i think it, it it draws them in more than going hey watch this video well, it's not just two seconds. Like, yeah, because you hey, show it and it's hey, done instead video. of describing. And again, not to not to shit. I mean, we're videoing ourselves right now, and not to shit on pictures or video. Those capture those moments, but I think the point that maybe we're trying to make that might is be the that might be the irony. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I'm. D- I'm I'm trying to sell the superior idea <laughs> yeah. of being able to just tell somebody something yet. while recording a podcast. Yet we're on video. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. but I think I think the point we're trying to make is We've just the is, appropriate level of some folks. Is uh <laughs> Keto Taco. Oh, the appropriate level of some folks. So the point is, is I think I think that if you're if like, I think the timeless thing of of life is storytellers. There's been there's people who just like they have stories and they tell stories and they're just so good at it. And you'd rather sit there and listen to them tell you about their experiences in life than them go, "Hey, I was there once. Watch this or take a look at this." Like they might have pictures of that moment. Hearing them tell you about that experience just draws you in. I think that's why, you know, some movies are so popular, right? Because you feel like you're a part of that experience and you can relate to it. And yeah, so I don't know. I just think it's again funny how we started with LeBron James scoring record to now we're talking about how we want to be present. And I don't know. Where does it go from there? You know what I mean? Like there weren't yeah. cameras. Like I'm just curious. Like what's next? You know what I mean? Like I yeah. just at some point. There's no need to even go to the game. There will be, like, no one in the stands. You I know might I mean? be like, able to shed a little light yeah. on that because we've gone to, in the construction world, going from, you know, plan views, drawings, to rendered drawings with pictures of space. Sure. To now having 3D space to be able to just do field observations. And we see people all the time now on job sites with something akin to a GoPro that'll capture, you know, a wide range. You know, it feeds into dimensions, you know, everything, things right? Like a, like a, you know, a BIM model. You know, being able to construct a three D space and not have to be there, and you still have your challenges with that type of thing because there's just some angles, some 
well, depth that you're isn't, not going to know. Isn't there in construction, like, um, so they'll take a tool like that, and then they'll go into the modeling, but they have an existing structure, and then they can take what they built in the model to an existing structure and see if it fits. Yeah. So I think they, I think it's augmented reality or or whatever it is. But that that technology is being used in construction right now. It's being refined in, in construction. Yeah, it's okay. been being used for for multiple years. I mean, it's getting really good. So, which is wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It's. I think you see it too a lot with the generation of uh, different project personnel when you go through the like the age demos of who who's using it um i think the the demographic of people in their 40s late 30s and 40s you can look at um you know a drawing a plan view a even a pnid um and visualize it in space and at times the the black and white lines the rigidity and structure of of seeing construction drawings is almost more accurate in space than having what you have now with an augmented reality, with an AR setup of, okay, these are where these lines are going to run. This is where this piece of equipment is going to set in reality for what you would say your early 20-year-old to early 30-year-olds who are accustomed to that now. Hmm. Wild. Crazy. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I think we're with our age group, like we're we're in that weird transitional period. Like both sides make sense to us right now, but it's not going to be long, and there's going to be some stuff that makes zero sense to us, and that's what you know that's what's going to be next. You know, but are we? That's how I feel about crypto and like all the stuff that you know. I mean, I'm glad I'm paying attention because I feel like that's the future <laughs> in terms of like money and storing value. But like, yeah. like I don't understand gaming. You know what I mean? But yet, this augmented reality, virtual reality, AI, like, yeah, sure. Kids who are born what? today are going to be really interested in that stuff, right? They'll probably be living in their own little simulations and stuff at home. So, you what's know. what's that chat chat uh, chat GBT, GPT or something? Yeah, like have, it, have you guys used that? Yeah, I haven't. I've just seen people talk. I've heard about it's freaking. It. Have you used it? Yeah. It, and you just type something, and it's just like, here you go. I I've, I've been. They're saying it's changing the like college landscape because it can write papers. It can, yeah, it can do it all. And then so there's there's progressive. Um, was this on uh, Rogan or something? They were talking about like how progressive some of the uh, professors were being, and like, nope, I encourage it. Let's go. Let's it use just this. it just Let's came out today out. though. Like one of the Google stock went down a bunch today because like it messed up, like it regurgitated some information that was false. Like it said that the new James Webb telescope actually captured some image that a different one did a few years ago. And so it was wrong. And they're like, oh, I guess is this, this, is a, this is a Google product. Then. I'm not sure. I don't know oh. like what the investment of what companies are in to what, which one. But they all have different things going. Microsoft, Google. Yeah. Like they all have their own little versions of. I just wonder what this, what is it called? Chat? Chat? I think it's Chat GBT or Chat GPT. 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 I want to say it's like the third, the third iteration. Yeah, I heard the 4.0 is supposed to be blow your mind stuff, but I I've never even used it once. I just heard of it like I don't know, three days ago. 
yeah. It's everything I've heard on it's bananas. Um, I had a conversation that goes with Colin at the gym about this. Like, what if this is, you know, how it's impacting, you know, uh, higher education, you know, with some professors saying, okay, now you're going to, you're going to write papers in this class. You're not, you're not going to be able to go home. You're doing classwork. Back, back to yeah. handwriting. Right. Money. That'd be right. crazy. So what if this is the evolution? This is just another step of evolution for the human species. Well, that's what that's what they were saying on that. So imagine that. imagine if we've pushed to a point to where this is the tip of the iceberg. And this is in a positive light. That's how I spun this conversation with Colin. What if this was the tip of the iceberg of like a hive mind for the human species? Right? So as we as we grow, as we evolve, as we get a better understanding of community with each other having these skills is no longer necessary for each person when the native things that are in your mind you don't need to do this anymore right so like the internet google being able to search things you don't have to be rolling it back to how we started this one tonight you can learn anything because we have found a spot to put collectively our knowledge, the internet, right? Right. So now you have a, you have a tool that can collectively put all that information together into a focused idea where you had to have people do that before. Okay, I'm gonna harvest this data wherever put it into a concise paper, piece of art, whatever, story. Um, now you don't have to do that anymore. So now we get to go to the next level. Or what are we trying to do next? Right? So we've we've simplified it. You go all the way back to So are you are you saying we like we get more advanced because that stuff that we had to advance to now there. is now is down there. So imagine at one time everyone owned a cow. Right, everyone owned a cow. Everyone had some way to harvest the earth with the food that they were going to need to survive. Well, then somebody was like, "You know what? I'm gonna have a couple cows. I'm gonna be the cow guy. I'll bring you your milk. I'm gonna bring you your beef. You're gonna trade me some money for it. Now you don't have to do all that. Now you can focus on other things. Now you can push forward other industries." You can explore the thoughts because you have time on your hands. Well, if you monetize those things, okay, now you're into this uh, agreed-upon barter system. If you're going to give me something, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to specialize in this. Mm-hmm. So you see the development of supply chains. What we saw as a planet when the pandemic hit was the more specialized and tight you get a supply chain, you lose redundancy and resiliency. 100%. So it doesn't take much to get this to kick a leg out on this thing because you have so many people specialized and there's no overlap anymore. Right? Well, it's not localized either. That's how it was with all the chips. And it's a chip shortage, right? They don't shift it over to Japan. Well, that's because (laughs) 
it comes down to what you just said. It's a specialized monetization. It's a specialized supply chain that doesn't have redundancy in it. Yeah, but how do you right? Well, it did. It used to be I have a warehouse full of this stuff. I'm producing milk. I've got milk that's good for the next whatever or beef or whatever it is. Right? You're producing that and you're building it and you have all this inventory. So you're the guy. Like you're the guy that has it all. Now, then, then it got monetized. Then somebody said, "Well, crap! I can do. It was I can always do, monetized. I, can, I. It wasn't done without it doesn't, monetization. Yeah, but, right. But how can you? How can you make it more efficient? Just in time manufacturing. If we're if this thing is hitting the door and going out there, and we're we're invoicing, getting paid for it right now, and we can predict how many units we need to do, we don't have to have this stockpile of inventory. It goes out the door." And it's sold, and it's in the marketplace. And we just have to predict that. Fast forward to COVID. Those supply chains needed an abundance and an influx of things because now people were staying home, or now this was that. And we had a shortage on those stuff because that manufacturing didn't ha- doesn't have redundancy at all. It has predictability to the market. And it can it might be short a little here or there, but it adapts and keeps going and keeps going, and that's because of, of money, well, monetization. Of it, it, they make more money when they're doing it that way. In my opinion, it's because you have monopoly playing into the into the market. There's so some truth. Have, there's some truth to that. You have larger corporations that choke out and stomp any innovation and growth in a market. That happens. And that redundancy that could come from that. Because they control the market. That that happens for sure. But my point is, is then they say, how can we do this better and make more money? Yeah. They I don't do. think you can. No, they do. That's how just-in-time manufacturing You're happened. going backwards in the progression, in your evolution. Like, what I'm saying is you're sacrificing redundancy and resilience for profit. Agreed. That's what was exposed. I'm agreeing with you. But I, what I'm saying is bec- what you said is, we. oh, the, the guy who said, I have two cows, started monetizing it, right? So as you start monetizing, people become a little more greedy. They become about money, right? They become, like, I, I can do this now. I have more time. Everything becomes about that. And if you can be the bigger guy, that happens. So if maybe com- monopolization happens in the marketplace. If they're competing, but if they're – if they're operating in a in a space where okay that is already done i'm gonna go do something else and that's gonna bring a benefit yeah that can happen for sure but as 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 it became non you know that was that happened here where we are and it was local there was a milk guy and a beef guy and a blacksmith in every little town until somebody went I do blacksmithing way better than that guy, and he's only that far away. My horses can ride that far. Let me just bring my tr- my trade over there. Maybe a little cheaper price, or maybe I do it more efficiently. And now that guy's out of business, and I just pay a guy to do my stuff over there. That's how that's how this this evolved. And then you get then you get into monopolization. You got toilet paper and all this other stuff that was short during COVID. Because they're producing it at the rate that they know they're going to sell it. They don't have they don't have warehouses full of that, and so what COVID ex- what we experience is oh we need all of this stuff 
in our home because we're staying home now. And the supply chains go up. Now that happened in all sorts of different stuff. I'm using toys as an example because that was a thing that everybody was whatever. But semiconductors, all of these things got kinked because people were home and they were making them as they sold them. They knew how many were needed to the suppliers that they were supplying. And then when everything kind of shut down, there was no there's no stockpile. You got trucks. I mean, how many trucks were sitting there in Ford's parking lot waiting for chips or GM? I mean, everybody. Well, going back to the AI part of it, though, you know, like with these, the future of manufacturing facilities doesn't need people, right? The COVID situation doesn't ever stop anything, right? The plant runs on AI, keeps making chips, keeps making toilet paper. For sure. You know, like you just need someone to deliver the trees and the you just put them into this hopper <laughs> and the factory spits out toilet paper and you don't sure. need a person in there. So where does that lead? So so where does that lead us? Because that's happening in my industry in solar. There's a lot of lot of panels that can be because they all are the same size. You know what I mean? That can happen in manufacturing. So where does that lead humanity if? If there's those jobs aren't really needed, <coughs> does that – we were getting into the beehive. Does that take us to the next level, or does it no. – or is it the opposite? <coughs> you, you want my it's opinion? I'm asking. I, I, got I don't know. I don't have to, any. You have to be cognizant of the trade you're making. The convenience trade, what does it mean? Like if everyone just stuck with their own cow, like we didn't have any cows some point a deal was made I don't want to do this bullshit work with a cow anymore I want to go I want to go build wagons I don't want to milk cows okay I'm going to go build you a wagon I'll trade you a wagon for X amount of milk okay that sounds like a good deal now I'm in the wagon business I don't have to deal with those stupid cows anymore okay that's great other people don't want wagons anymore now you don't have a cow and you're building a product that nobody wants. Now you're screwed. If you would have just stuck with your with your cow and dealt with the things that you didn't like to do, you would have been fine. But you're making you're you're making choices. What happens in that though is like you're saying <coughs> there's efficient ways to do that, but like nowadays I think it just makes me think of Iowa and farmers, right? Like commercial operations and farming have made it near impossible for like a small town, you know, like a small timer to do anything. You know what I mean? Like they can't afford, like, cause they're not doing it in massive amounts, right? Like it's too unaffordable for like a guy with very little acreage, you know what I mean? And his property to, to do too much. These commercial companies come in and like buy up their land, you know? And it just makes me think of that. Like at some point, like raising your own cow would be so much more costly to feed that one than to just buy it. Like, things got cheaper because of it, right? We got cheap prices in a lot of things because of mass manufacturing. So I think, like, regardless, you eventually, like, have to give in and let it go. Like, there's people that try to hang on to old-style businesses that are dying. But that's the majority you decided on. Yeah, and I still think... But But, again, there's so much benefit and efficiency like for the majority of people's lives to get better that it's a no-brainer to do. We wouldn't be here today if that deal wasn't made originally. Yeah. But yeah, you exactly what you're saying, man. You 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 
sacrifice strength for efficiency when it comes to a supply chain. Yeah, it's more efficient this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That's 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 <coughs> what I, <coughs> my long winded thing. You <coughs> just said it in three less, words. Things cost less now. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, they used to cost more. They used to you have you used to have to till the field for you know, from sun up to sundown for an entire season. To make it to where you could, you know, enjoy that meal with your family. Or you can just focus on building wagons all year long and just do that and then just go buy what you want. And when you used to be, you used to be able to do it all. I mean, that's the, that was the resilience <coughs> of, of a human. You go, you need food? Okay, you can go catch some fish out of the river. Go hunt some animals, bring that food home. Some days you're not gonna get any food, right? Because you're just okay at it. But there's somebody else in your village that that's all they do. This guy's always got fish. This guy's always got, you know, elk meat. This guy's always got venison. I can go over and hit him up. Trade him something. Well, what? Yeah, what are you gonna give him? What are you good at? Right. Right. Because not everyone. You know. Time and time again, it's proven none, not two people have ever been built <coughs> the same. I mean, even <coughs> twins are different. Somebody, somebody's going to have some different talents, whether it be there was a connection in their brain that was made a little stronger, whether they just wanted wanted to be good at something more <coughs> than somebody else. Everyone's different. So, yeah, so that plays in there. You know, not everyone's going to be a survivable hunter. That's the beauty of life, though. It is. Isn't that the beautiful thing? It's like, great. You you would ask though you said that is it. You said like where does it go from here? You know what I mean. And I was thinking, I've argued this with people before. I was like devil's advocate. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're saying like this AI and automation is gonna take everybody's jobs. And like you said, I think I think it very well might. Well, I think it, that's a good thing, right? Like so, there are still a lot of jobs out there that are brutal on people's bodies, right? Yeah. And if you could, you know get rid of those now you've freed people up and people are like well what are they going to do instead and i'm like as a society we just we change more towards like serving each other right like it you more jobs will come up well, i mean we're, we're going to create i think ai creates more jobs than it doesn't and i think those jobs end up being in like hospitality and other things like i serve you you serve me type of thing like sure. you you enjoy a lower wear and tear on your body right and you do enjoyable things and you know what I mean? I just yeah. think that like rather than going and breaking your back, you yeah. know what I mean? Doing something that's monotonous like in a line, you yeah. know what I mean? Of a manufacturing line or whatever, doing the right. same monotonous job, giving you, you know, arthritis and carpal tunnel and all the other stuff that you but get. But where, where does that, I don't necessarily disagree and I love, I love that idea. Where does it, where does it, where do you think those jobs go? Let's, so if manufacturing lines are, no well, longer need well, they need one supervisor and not here, a bunch of people. Where wh- where do you think those jobs are created? Well, I don't I don't know about that necessarily, but this just made me think of something. Like right now, they talk about like where are people getting all their money? Right? They're like people didn't want to work after COVID, and they're like people aren't wanting to come back to work. Every restaurant we go to is short wait staff. Like I go to a haircut, the line's ninety minutes long. Like where are the people who used to cut hair? Do more people need haircuts, or are there less people cutting hair? You know what I mean? And so 
But I think that the government and other people haven't taken into consideration fully is the fact that with technology, everything that we've got through the internet, Craigslist, eBay, Amazon, all these different things that people can kind of do under the table a little bit, side gigs, right? There's a lot of people doing podcasts. There's a lot of people doing other type of content creation, right? All these jobs that people maybe work a part-time job and do other stuff, but like no one's probably really even understanding fully the fact that Facebook Marketplace allows me to sell anything out of my house, right? Years worth of junk that we've bought sitting in my basement, stored away or whatever. If I ever want to make a quick hundred bucks, what do I do? Go down and open a few boxes, put it on Facebook Marketplace. I got people hitting me up, $20 here, $20 there. Sure. And you did it for a while. And I'm just saying like, yeah, all day. I think that like. Eventually you're going to run out of stuff though. Well, I, for sure. But I'm just saying like, people are wondering, you know what I mean? Like, we seem to have a shortage of workers, right? Yet people aren't seeming to like be lacking things, right? Like, do you, do you think just in that mode, people are living a little bit on less because it's more important for them to live that lifestyle than go earn that paycheck, whatever that paycheck is? I think it is. I mean, Nick, you made you made that comment earlier, you know, with a little bit of frugality, if you will, with your life. You know, maybe you bring the reins in a little bit. You know, do we really need this? Okay. So now you've got people who might have been living at 95% of their income was put on a consumption. Now they're at 50%. Because they realize, you know, there was a hard winter that we just went through. Mm. We're living kind of loose and fast here. We need to tighten the belt a little bit. And they realize, I can I can get away with one night of drinks and dinner. Yeah. You know, but this is it's not it's not sustainable because you can only res- you can only tighten the belt so far until you're to a baseline, you know, and then the, the savages are going to get unruly. <laughs> People are going to thirst <laughs> to be out again. <laughs> and you're going to have a boomerang effect, and people the are going to come back. The savages. Tell you, Dude, we're, all, we're all just heathens. Well, this is why Saturday morning Roman, so Roman the earth. Because Tony comes point, out with stuff like that. These <laughs> savages are going to get unruly. I'm one of them. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm first to admit it. I'm coming for you. But it's yeah okay yeah it all man this is this feels good but somebody's gonna get a spark in their eye and be like i need a boat i need a lamborghini yeah whatever right now and now it's gonna be oh this is what's hot in the streets again we're back to being a money to burn society but you don't think i i think what won in that i think you're right it's gonna be it can be cyclical per individual I think so. And but I think what won is is time. I think that's what won. I think that's what's winning right now and what's changing in people is time. They have during COVID they work from home. They have more time and they still got their job done and they're like, "Well, or maybe they didn't, but it didn't matter. They would rather do work for less and still have that amount of time." And so that changed things. And they went Oh, I can do this and still be 
do this and I can go out one less night a week, no big deal, whatever it is. In that time, they were like, that's more valuable than work to me or money to me is having that time. Whether Whatever they were doing with it, it didn't matter. It was more valuable. And then they get to a point where, well, I do need a new tires on my car. I do need this. I do need that. So maybe I maybe I peeled it back a little too far. So now I need to go get this. But they're not necessarily going after what they were going after before. And because they still value that time. And I think that's what's changed. I think it's, it's only it's, a matter of time. It's not we fear. Go back. It's time. We, we time. go back. To we all got the same amount of it. We go back to dunks with the peanut butter inside and the ice cream paint job and 26-inch wheels. It's all a matter of time. We're coming back there. And it's who's gonna strike who's gonna strike the iron first, and that then that's what look at look at this guy. The tangerine dream over here. <laughs> the hitting these corners and dating hunters folks again. It's coming. It's going to because you're gonna have you're gonna have society tighten up, and that's what's cool. Who can be who can run the leanest ship? Dating okay. hundred folks. <laughs> and then it's gonna be wait a minute. It's Not fun. Bad. It's fun to do this, right? I mean, people, people, people want to. I'm getting another drink. People want to build their castle for a thousand-year storm, but the storms never last that long. They'll come and go. You get through there, Tyler. But at some point, you're like, man, I'm I'm over saving. I'm over conservative. And it's like. Eh, Pull this grip out a little bit. Let's let's really impress some people. <laughs> that's nice. Because I think that's how we are. I mean, we're all cavemen deep down. You know, we're all wanting to club something to get some. And I think it's 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 just humanity. I mean, it's how we're wired. Whether, regardless of where you think you came from and what the story was to get us to here. I'm open to it all. Right? Everybody believes what they believe. That's totally cool. I think that goes for everybody sitting at this table. And Todd looking from his back and forth at me. <laughs> but however you think we got here, I, and that's inconsequential. But the way that people are, are wired, um, we just have a hard time getting away from what makes me, what makes me special. There's something that strikes a chord with all of us inside of, I want to be special. Okay. What, what's your context? What's your audience of being special? Is it the masses? Is it your significant other? Is it Todd? Is it Todd and Nick? You know, is that your audience on who you feel special around? But you want some acknowledgement. You think everyone put their headphones on. I'm going to need your input on this. Give me the, I need the whole I crew. I need the sound of the whole I crew. I can still hear you, but yeah, go ahead. So, I have a feeling like all of these podcasts are just going to be about the same thing. Just different angles, different iterations. <laughs> and there's going to be, we're going to look back at like the first hundred episodes and be like, oh, man, we were trying to crack the code. All <laughs> I know. It's really but possible. I thought the same thing. Like me, so here's 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 where we're at. What level of acknowledgement as a person 
are you looking for? And what pacifies you to a point to say, okay, we got there. I feel good about it. I don't have to, I don't have to show off anymore because I've reached my level of gratitude personally. This overwhelmingly pushes us to a point of what is contentment. We'll get. We'll end up getting there in this conversation. We'll get to the next conversation. But sure. How I do I you? I love the. I love the idea of contentment. I love it. Me it's too. One of my favorite things. Me, me too. I mean, you and I personally had conversations of falling in and out of contentment. Sure. But is there universally a place you can find yourself? that you could apply that you could scale that model for everyone and say look this is I can assure you whether it be as a third party or somebody you don't even know this is what content looks like my immediate reaction is no I I think it's different for everybody um I mean, we, I think we talked about this a little bit. I don't know if it was last podcast or a different conversation we had about um, <laughs> our mascot's back. Carla. Our mascot's back. I got it. You got it again. <laughs> I got it. Sorry. It's part, part of the experience. He licked me, my uh, keto coffee. <laughs> Sorry. He's clean. Carlos looks clean in a haircut, too. Yeah, he's a little poofy, but yeah, he'll get there. Um. So, again, my immediate reaction to that question. So, I think what you asked me is, can we can we universally say this, like for anybody out there, this will get you to contentment? Is that pretty much right? Contentment equals X. Yeah. I. Can you define it? I think you can define well, it. But I think the definition is different for for everybody. Why do you think that varies? I think I think there's a mindset involved. So I think it's I th- a myth. Well, so don't let me forget that point. Okay, contentment is a myth. That's that can be that, that maybe. Um, but I think you. It, there's a fine line. I w- there's a fine line on contentment. I think there's people that are striving for more, wish they had more, always are looking outside to for fulfillment and looking at, I want to be there, but I'm not. So they're not content in where they're at. Is that necessarily a bad thing? That could be a good thing. That could drive you to another, that could drive you to a place that, that gets you to a goal, right? Not being content with where you're at and you want to be better. Um, but th- I think there's certain aspects in your life where you can be content, and it's okay to be content. And 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 the Bible talks about being content because uh, I think the Lord has different things for us individually. And as an example, I think I don't know if it was you and I, Nick, or we were talking about like, you know, it might maybe it was Quincy when we were talking the other day. We we're saying how. We, w- we want our kids to be happy. We want them to be healthy. We want them to be kind, you know, productive people in society. Like, that's success as a parent. I mean, you could throw in a few other adjectives, but that's success. 
It could mean they're billionaires. could mean they're surfers chasing the next wave. And those guy, a lot of those guys who are, you know, surfers who are chasing the next wave are super happy, content, good to go. They're just chasing, and they, they only need enough for their next meal, and then they're getting on their surfboard and going out. I mean, that's, a, that's like a stereotype, but my point being is you can be very content in a lifestyle that way and still pour into people and be full and overflow. And I think that's our that's that's our objective in life. And that might mean being the surfer guy who's transient and gypsy and doing his thing, but just pouring into strangers who they see or you go, you know, walk across the country like you you've talked about doing and you meet people and you just are pouring into people. You don't need a lot to get to your next destination. You need your two feet and a couple bucks and a can of water. That's simple, but you're content. Well a lot of people go, No, I need to Make sure I have somebody pulling up and, and, and I need a holiday in and I need a good night's sleep and I need this and I need that. Well, there's contentment in different ways. So I think there is, I think it, I think it exists. I don't think it's a myth. I, th- and I think it drives us. And I think you need to find a balance there because it can be a bad thing. It can take you to places where you're just jealous, and, which isn't a good spot because then you feel depressed and you feel this and that. And it can take you to a place that motivates you. Yeah, but I think until you disassociate yourself with um, outside affirmation of what content looks like, I don't think you'll ever find it. If you're always looking for, if you're always going to look at the person next to you for that head nod of, Yep, that's what you're looking for. You don't know what you're looking for. What you're looking for is what what you know. But nothing feels better than somebody else saying, "You made it." Mm-hmm. Well, that message comes from in here. It doesn't Agreed. come from outside. You know, but it's it's easier to say to have somebody else judge your work. It's easier to have somebody else grade your paper, so to speak. You know, when somebody asks you, "Are you sure?" Well, is it right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was right. As opposed to, this is right. This is what it's supposed to be. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. No, this is what I know is right. For you. Correct. We talked about this last time. But who, who knows, who do you have to, who's that benchmark for you? Whether it be the Lord, whether it be you personally, the the benchmark for me being content, whatever or the benchmark whatever for me, content, like being content is is arbitrary at this point in in life. You know, who are you looking for somebody to say, you know, to give you that thumbs up with whatever decision you've made? You know, who's the authority? Jesus. Yeah. Some people don't have Jesus, so who's yeah. there? Who's there? It's always got to be yourself. You need Jesus. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that, like, there's no, there's no right answer to this because the right answer only it's unique to you. Yeah. Who, who you decide that is. So if you stay, if you stay true to that, and you have consistency in it, I think you'll have success. 
but when you're like, okay, for for this, the authority is X. For this, the authority is Y. For this, the authority is Z. I think that's where you get yourself in trouble. I could be wrong, but I think it, you know, in many things in life, consistency is key. You know, work, family, uh, health, decision making. Over time, statistics show if you're consistent, you have more success. You know, if you're consistently making a decision and it's bad, and you course correct, you'll have more fruitful times. Because you have solid data to look back at and be like, okay, I, I changed just a little bit here, a little bit here. This wasn't working. This wasn't working. Oh, we got something here. This works a little bit. So we're going to keep that. We're not going to throw that out. We're going to keep that. We're going to consistently move and methodically go through the decision-making process. So I think if you have that consistency of this person's was it was telling me this is right. What are the results we're getting? We're getting shit results having this person be the authority. This person's not going to be the authority anymore. We're going to switch. Because this one doesn't work. Taking that in mind, we're going to pick a new authority on who's going to be grading my paper. Maybe you find yourself as a, you know, coming up through work and you hit your wagon to a mentor that at first was like, okay, this is a, good, this is a great mentor. Then you realize, Maybe this isn't a great mentor. This person starts showing up late. This person's really phoning it in. Maybe this person's um, MO is to capitalize on other people. And you, you know, you quickly realize this person is a um, somebody who's going to blow someone else's candle out so they're Brian Scheider. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were close on that one. That was. So, Brian Schneider. Right. So I mean, you make these you make these decisions, but when you ultimately when you ultimately decide, okay, here's an authority, I'm gonna stick with it. Um, I think your your road to happiness, being content, successful decision making consistency proves that for you. If you don't have a baseline to go off of, I mean, you're just basically rolling the dice every time. Did this work? No. Okay, we're going to start over. Did this work? No. Okay, roll the dice again. What comes up? It's a crapshoot. So on top of that, when you start factoring in the infinitely complex matrix that is life, that we live in, all the different things that pull at you every day, from your family to clever to clever marketing from a from a corporation to your emotions. You know, it's it's tough to have that resolve as a person. Like I'm going to stick with the guns here, and this is the line I'm going to walk. But I think more often, you know, than not, you see those people that have the resolve to do that. They're some of your most successful people to look at. I'd just say, like, just to touch on the, you know, when you mentioned contentment, I said it's a myth. I just think that, like, the reason I say that, I think it's more of an idea. I think, like, in our eyes, 
you could say everything you want to say about like once I get to here I'll be content right but the person who is known to strive for that once they get there they're not content it's not their mentality like you get to a spot you achieve a goal and your mentality your mindset is to keep creating goals like you want to do better so and that's the only reason I said it's a myth because mm-hmm. I think like you content is stagnant right I understand like we're not necessarily having a complacency is stagnant. we're not well I'm just saying if I say like I would be content in life if I got to this and my kids had everything they needed and everything was good but I just I go back to like you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards you can say like once I get to this level of fitness I'll be content right if you get to that point and stop what happens right you start to decline so either you're not content necessarily you might get to where you think you're content and then you need to say like okay I need to keep this level of lifestyle up to maintain contentment. Okay. So what I'm saying is you're not truly content when your focus is maintaining contentment. So I, I would say I would say that contentment is not overall. You can, I don't think somebody can always, like they can say I'm content here in this aspect of my life. Like for instance, person he wants to be with because if he's not then he's searching for something and he's wanting and he's striving for it and and he fails at success it can be it can be it's human i'm not that might be a bad example for you but i'm but what i'm saying is that might be a bad example for you but in different goals, you might go, I'm going after this now, and I'm going to get after this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get there, and when I do, that doesn't mean I'm going to fall off, so I can just be doing, I'm going to still maintain, but then I get this other goal that says, this might not be quite as hardcore, but I'm content with where I'm at, I'm maintaining, doesn't mean you get backwards, it's just, I think there's different levels of I agree with you. Contentment sounds a little bit complacency. And I think complacency is where they're not going and stagnant and they're pushing and they're growing without somebody in your family starts to rescind a vow. Right? Right? No, they're going to pay it. Are you going to rescind a vow? Yes, I am. Then you're going to lose it. <laughs> so m- that might be true. But my point is it sounds kind of cool. I think I agree with you, Nate, in that you don't want to get complacent in your own life. Maybe my wording would have been maybe a touch off, but I do think, like I said, like the discomfort of somebody who whatever claimed to be content versus what you basically got all along. So, like, are you good here? I know it's like complacency too or whatever. I just think that you're a person who would strive hard enough and work hard enough 
to get to a place of being content. It just it yeah. doesn't it doesn't add up because that's not the type of person You're not gonna who stop. stops. You're not gonna stop. Never gonna stop. It's hundred percent right there. Yeah, hundred percent that. Yeah. What if contentment is because you can I I think you can get content in any situation. Why is that? Well, I've never experienced it in my life. So what if contentment is just the pause button on something, and if you have that button, you're gonna walk away from it, and you see that button constantly. Like what's the point to go after? But when you say, so if I were to say, like, I'm content in this, I'm basically admitting to not striving for more in my life, right? So I'm admitting somewhat of, like, laziness. Like, I'm content with my job. I'm not striving for another one or a better one. But to me, that just, it it was, like, screaming, like, that, almost like I've given up. I don't think that's the case. I think I'm just compartmentalizing. I would look at it as That's really no. That's, that's exactly like. Let's let's Twice look at this. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, let's look at this as somebody who's
we all fall short, you know what I mean, in terms of like, our goal is to be, to be as Jesus-like as possible, right, knowing full well that it's impossible to be Jesus-like, so the point is, is that you can't get to camp because you never get there, you know what I mean, it's impossible to get to that goal, what's that? No, I'm only saying that because like how I far think how far in are we? I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that I have like some good opinions and <laughs> and yeah. so I'm just thinking to myself like you get into this or whatever, I'm gonna wanna like Yeah, I make think I wanna use this know? opportunity as a So this is good, okay. So Saturday Saturday night before the shoot. Sure sounded like you were you were ready to get yeah, in. Yeah, but you I just I just figured <laughs> you were gonna get into some stuff and I figured we were gonna probably branch out into some really good discussion and, and I think it yeah, could yeah. probably it could be dedicated right. another hour to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You haven't preached yet, and so mm-hmm. I was afraid if you were gonna go into like a <laughs> preaching on that, we would be here, like I told Andrew last week or whatever, and I said, we're just about done, right? We're at like the 55 minute mark. Yeah. We were for another 55 minutes. Yeah. We did it again. I mean, another hour 45. So, I, I mean, I don't know. This is, this is good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that's to say. That's how, you end, that's how you end the hour, though, man. It's, it, it has to be that way. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're going to get better at this.
seven. Podcast mm-hmm. episode one. I think we did it, Nick. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs>